But yes, that's right. Uh, at this time, I'd like to bring up my buddy, Scott. Thanks, brother. Good evening. I'm Scott, and I'm an alcoholic, and I'm also a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, the Lord's given me freedom from alcohol for over 11 and a half years now, and I'm just very blessed by his grace and um, that he called me to come up and speak this lesson tonight on forgiveness. But first, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for bringing us all together tonight, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that the Spirit be with all of us in our heads and our hearts and that we just be open to the words that you've given me this evening, Lord. And Lord, we just ask to put a hedge of protection around us as we all travel home, that we may all travel home safely. And we say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, tonight, you may have noticed on your sheet for forgiveness, there's no acrostic tonight. There's just three simple fill-in-the-blanks, but just kind of have to follow along and um, just fill them in as you go, and then we'll just kind of just touch base with it quickly at the end. Um, tonight's lesson is Lesson 17 on Forgiveness, based on Principle 6, which is evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. Happy are the merciful, Matthew 5, 6, and happy are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9. Step 8, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Do to others as you would have them do to you, Luke 6, 31. Step 9, we made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Tonight we're going to continue the work on evaluating all of our relationships. We will offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us when possible, make amends for the harm that we've done to others without expecting anything in return. And that, for me, when I first started doing my amends, especially in AA, was really hard because my sponsor at the time, he had me wrote out my amends to make sure that I took myself out of it. And then he told me the hardest part was at the end after doing it, and that was when I had to sit and shut up and just listen to what they told me because I couldn't go back to anything. It was just all about me giving, giving, you know, asking for their forgiveness. Um, we've discussed how to make your amends, but tonight I would like to talk about something that can block, stall, or even destroy your recovery, the inability to accept and offer forgiveness. I think we all agree that forgiveness is a wonderful idea until we have to practice it. Forgiving someone who has wronged us can be an alien concept, which is hard to wrap your mind around. And, you know, this week it kind of, you know, the Lord blessed me with, with this for, for, you know, this lesson with forgiveness because I've been reading um, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, which I hadn't read before. And I was at this part in it where it talked about the wound that I carry with me, the wound that I got in childhood from my father. You know, I grew up with a, an alcoholic dad who was a rageaholic, and um, so he never wanted to rock the boat. And because of that, I've kind of just, you know, been like that yes person and never really did anything else. And, and it said that I had to forgive him, and I hadn't really thought about that. You know, I hadn't, it never really came to mind. It's like I knew that that wound was there. It's kind of come to light in relationships before. And so I had to think about that, and that brought up something that I, I pushed out of my mind that I really don't share, but because this is CR and because this is the program and because of the testimonies I've heard, 
you know, I have to share it too. And, and it's something that I have, I always push out of my head and it's somebody else that I have to forgive. And when I was 13, um, I was sexually assaulted by a, an older male relative. And, you know, I, I don't really think about it. And it's like, but it's like something for me that I have to do is to forgive him to continue to move forward in my life. And so those were two things that I had to, to kind of ponder on as I was going through this this week. Um, forgiveness is not something that those of us in recover can take lightly because forgiveness is clearly God's prescription for the broken. No matter how great the offense or abuses, along the path of healing lies forgiveness. We all know that one of the roots of compulsive behavior is pain, buried pain. In principle one, we learned that pretending that hurt, the hurt isn't there or it does, that it doesn't bother you won't solve your problems. Jeremiah 6.14 reminds us that you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. You know, how true is that when I push stuff like that out of my head because I don't want to remember those, those, those pains, those wounds that affected me for a lot of years now. Um, you know, facing your past and forgiving yourself and those who have hurt you and making amends for the pain that you've caused others is the only lasting solution. Forgiveness breaks the cycle. It doesn't settle the questions of blame, justice, fairness, but it does allow the relationships to heal and possibly start over. Tonight we'll talk about three different types of forgiveness. In order to be completely free from your resentments, angers, fears, shames, and guilt, you need to accept and forgive forgiveness in all areas of your lives. If you do not, your recovery will be stalled and thus incomplete. First and most important forgiveness is extended from God to us. Have you accepted God's forgiveness? Have you accepted Jesus' work on the cross? By his death on the cross, all our sins were canceled, paid in full, a free gift to those who believe in him as the true and only high power Savior, the Lord. Jesus exclaimed from the cross, It is finished, John 19.30. No matter how grievously we may have injured others or ourselves, the grace of God is always sufficient. His forgiveness is always complete. Romans 3, 22 to 25 says, God puts people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. God does, all this to, does this all to those who believe in Christ because there is no difference at all. Everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving present. But by the free gift of God's grace, all are put right with him through Jesus Christ who sets them free. God offered him so that by his sacrificial death, he should be, become the means by which people's sins are forgiven through their faith in him. Remember, if God wasn't willing to forgive sin, heaven would be empty. The second kind of forgiveness is extended to us from others. Have you forgiven others who have hurt you? This type of forgiveness is a process. You need to be willing to be willing. But to be truly free, you must let go of the pain of the past harm and abuse caused by others. Forgiveness is all about letting go. Remember playing tug-of-war as a kid? As long as people on each end of the rope are tugging, you have a war. You let go of your end of the rope when you forgive others. No matter how hard they may tug at their end, you, if you have released your end, the war is over. It is finished. But until you release it, you're a prisoner of war. When I was in the years of AA, before coming to the Lord and before finding this program, you know, I learned this was called, you know, cleaning my side of the street. You know, when I do amends and I make amends to others, it's only for me. It's not necessarily for them. I mean, sometimes when I did my amends, people were like, 
what? You know, they didn't even remember what I was doing, but it was in my mind, and it was something that I had to do to clear it out of my head. You know, and, and other times there were people who were just like, that didn't really mean anything, but, you know, if it meant something to me, I had to clean it and then clean my side of the street. And I have to do that today as we'll, you know, it would be probably one of the lessons coming up, but I have to do that on a daily basis. If I've wronged others, I have to clear my side of the street so that I can go on with my life and not let those thoughts or anything, you know, block my inability to be with God. Um, think about who your anger is hurting most. I'll give you a hint. It's you. Forgiveness enables you to become fully freed from your anger and allows you to move forward positively in those relationships. The Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. Romans 12, 17, 18 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Causing an injury puts you below the enemy. Revenging an injury makes you even with him. Forgiving him sets you above him, but more importantly, it sets you free. On your list of others to forgive, you might have forgotten about someone you need to forgive, God. God cannot and does not sin. His very nature is marked by perfect holiness in every attribute and action. God is perfect in love, mercy, and grace. But remember that he loved us so much that he gave us free will. He didn't want us to be his puppets. He wanted us to love him as our choice. You need to understand and believe that, that the harm did, you know, others did to you is from their free will. It was their choice, not God's. It was not God's will. Once you understand free will, you'll understand that any anger toward God has been misplaced. Um, you know, and I just want to touch a second on the anger towards God. Um, sometimes when I, when I came to the Lord about almost two years ago, and I was in a, a men's group at the church I, I go to, the chapel. A guy asked me, um, you know, if I was angry at God because he took my son away from me when he was eight years old, and that was six years ago last Friday, which is why I wasn't here. And um, this week's always a bittersweet week because it's always the week I buried him, and it's always Father's Day right afterwards. So it's always a, a tough week. And even though I didn't have a relationship with God, I was never calling out to him and and never blaming him or wondering why and and I think that that's really helped me as I as I came to the Lord and and, and he opened my heart to accept him too that there wasn't anything there you know I always felt some guilt and that I owed him stuff because I was drinking in church when I was younger and because um, I started drinking at an early age and you know so it's just it was just something that you know some of these as I was going through the lesson and preparing it you know that just those keywords were triggering for me and and you know, anger towards God, you know, has been res been misplaced because it's others' free will that have done that, not not God. His promise is found in First Peter five ten. After you have been after you have borne these sufferings a very little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to share in His eternal splendor through Christ, will Himself make you whole and secure and strong. If you have been a victim of sexual abuse, physical abuse, or childhood emotional abuse or neglect. I'm truly sorry for your pain you suffered, and I do understand that, really. But you'll remember not to find the peace and freedom from your perpetrators until you are unable to forgive them. Remember, forgiving them in no way excuses them for the harm they've caused you, but it will release you from the power they had over you. I've rewritten steps 8 and 9 of the 12 steps for you. Step 8, made a list of all persons who have harmed us and became willing to seek God's help in forgiving 
our perpetrators as well as forgiving ourselves. We realize we've also harmed others and became willing to make amends to them. Step nine, extended forgiveness to ourselves and to others who have committed wrongdoings against us, realizing this is an attitude of the heart, not always confrontation. Make direct amends, asking forgiveness from those people who we have harmed, except when to do so would injure them or others. You know, to recap, we need to accept God's forgiveness by accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we need to forgive and ask forgiveness of others. The last kind of forgiveness is perhaps the most difficult to, to extend or understand. We need to forgive ourselves. Have you forgiven yourself? You can forgive others. You can accept God's forgiveness. But you may feel the guilt and shame of your past is just too much to forgive. This is what God wants to do in the darkness of your past. Come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. If only you will let me help you. Isaiah 1, 18, 19. No matter how unloved or worthless you may feel, God loves you. Your feelings about yourself do not change his love for you one bit. Let me ask you a question. If God himself can forgive you, how can you not forgive yourself? In fact, I believe we must forgive ourselves before we can honestly forgive others. The first name on your amends list needs to be God. The second needs to be yours. Why? The answer is found in Matthew 22:36-40, where Jesus was asked, Which is the most important command? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love yourself as much as you love, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Now, how can you love or forgive your neighbor if you can't love or forgive yourself? If you've not forgiven yourself, your forgiveness to others may be superficial, incomplete, and done for the wrong motives. Self-forgiveness is not a matter of assigning the blame to someone else or letting yourself off the hook. It simply is an acknowledgement that you are human like everybody else and that you've reached the stage of your recovery where you're able to give yourselves greater respect. As you take the necessary steps of forgiveness, you'll discover that you're letting go of the guilt and shame. You'll be able to say, I'm not perfect, but God and I are working on me, and I still fall down, but with my Savior's help, I can get up, brush myself off, and try again. When can I say, when can, when we can say, I forgive myself because God has already forgiven me, and with his help, I can forgive others. When you forgive yourself, you don't change the past, but you do change the future. And, you know, that's, that's just so true. It's like, you know, whether there's something going on in a relationship with, you know, that I'm having and there's an issue, a trial, whatever, you know, I, I learn and grow from that. I don't forget it, but I don't let it run my life. I don't stew over it. I don't let a resentment build of it. I have to let that go. You know, again, cleaning my side of the street. And again, taking whatever trial or whatever lesson that came of it and just learning and growing from it. Um, you know, so if you pull out your sheets, if you've been following along, you know, you know, the first one is, you know, have you accepted, you know, God's forgiveness for you? You know, have you forgiven those who have hurt you? And have you forgiven yourself? And, you know, that is very important. And, and when I was first going through the the steps in the program, that was a very alien concept, and I, it took me a while to really wrap my head around why I would need to forgive myself. 
but today it's, it's I have to do that, and I have to remember that in all my areas of life. Um, you know, again, just kind of going back with my son, you know, I was a stay-at-home dad with him for seven years, you know, when he passed, and, you know, he, you know, he passed away just suddenly, you know, kind of on my watch, so to speak. I was home with him, just, he had just had lunch, and, you know, his, his epileptologist had talked to me at the hospital and said there was nothing that you could have done, and I had to let go of that guilt, and sometimes I still feel guilt that, you know, I should have been able to do something, I should have been there, but I have to let that go, and I have to forgive myself on that on a daily basis, and anything else that comes up, I have to have that forgiveness and that love for others, so thank you, Carl.